yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Yeah. He know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. can press the analytic data with his hip hop. If you know him like I know him, they gon' tell you if your team if they want a lot. Yeah, and who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. I think Mike Washington may have had a little too much tailgate in him. <laughs> so I, he made it to the game yesterday, so he wasn't on assignment. So I don't know, maybe he had a quick flight out. You know how Mike is. He's always at the airport, but uh, it's all good because we have Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew, and B.J. Jones. We'll check out and see if we can squeeze Joshua Sims in here. He may be working on a special project as well. With that being said, welcome to episode 442 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, for institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCA. We share insights and information about the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yadikaville, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, A.D. Drew, B.J. Jones. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCOH 1230 AM studios, and along, and along with A.D. Drew getting up early in the morning to get into the office. He got some other project stuff, so he's double-duty, but he's making it work. So we'll give him a little time. He'll be set up and ready to go shortly. With that being said, Charles Bishop, how you doing this morning? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. Fastball, not quite as fast this morning, but uh, we had a lot of great action yesterday. And uh, you and I were out there at the previous game last night, catching up on all the games. But man, yesterday that, that was that was epic. You had a lot of great games yesterday. Shout out to you, cigars to you for the big Thank win. Thank you, Texas didn't play, so you don't have to worry about that. One. And then <laughs> as your second home, third home. As you are covering Prairie Bain and Panthers, so are you as well. Yeah, I had a two for yesterday, so it was a good day. That's a real good day. With that being done, AD Drew, seems like you've been doing this a little bit for a while. How you doing this morning? Cigars to you. One victory, one. After Tuskegee struggled in the first half against Boarhouse, they finally opened up a can in the second half and was able to get that one. And <clears throat> I guess as you're moving, your signal is kind of going out. So we'll come back. But I do want to say officially, cigars to you. Congratulations on both the wins. It's always nice. Another two for BJ Jones, um, I'm sure you watched it. So We'll, we'll hold on to the cigar the next week, baby. How you doing this morning? <laughs> man, I'm tired, man. Uh, early morning flight back to Atlanta. 
And uh, wasn't a good one, man. Came down to the wire last night. Um, heck of a ball game, but uh, fell a little bit short. Fell a little bit short. Yes. Unfortunately, you've been saying that a little too often for the Southern Jaguars. It's been tough. They've been right there, but then oftentimes they fall a little bit short. With that, on the better side of things, we got Joshua Sims Sr. in now, so we have to give him a cigar. Shout out to uh, his Eagles as they got it done. Big road win, uh, solid. Uh, we'll have a segment on here. We'll talk about uh, what I'm calling the 18 wheeler uh, as we look at the road to Atlanta. Mm. Swack in the celebration bowl. So we're going to talk about who's in the front and who's uh, in on the. 18-wheeler in the back seat, looking to maybe try to knock somebody out of that front seat. So we'll see what y'all have to say about that. We'll get that going a little later in the show. With that being said, let me give you the updates on the top seven, let you know what happened in the top seven this weekend. Number seven, Allen Yellow Jackets defeated the Clark Atlanta Panthers 35-27. They improved their record to 5-1, and 3-1 and one in the conference race. And that's 5-1 and one in terms of the season. At number six, we have Fort Valley State Wildcats defeat the Savannah State Tigers 38-24. They also improved to 5-1 on the season and 5-0 in the conference race with 145 points last week was their ranking. At number five, you had Tuskegee Golden Tigers defeat the Maroon, Morehouse Maroon Tigers 40-28. So Tuskegee improves to 4-1, 3-0 on the season. You also have number four, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets who lost to the Notre Dame, Ohio, 31-24, 4-2, and 4-1 and on the season as they dropped to 4-2 and two overall. And number three, you had a classic matchup that went back and forth for the second half of the game where Miles Golden Bears lost to the number one, Benedict Tigers, 27-24, so they fall to 4-2. and two. And tough uh, – they are two and two in the conference race in the SIEC. Remember, there's no longer divisions in the SIEC, and they take the top two teams. So we'll see how that loss actually affects Golden Bears. Obviously, a very good team. At number two, we have Virginia State Trojans defeat the Bowie State Bulldogs, 44 to 16, five and zero as they improve to three and zero in terms of the season. And number one, Benedict Tigers go on the road and mm. get the win against number three. Miles Golden Bears with a game-winning drive, touchdown, and put him ahead for good as they held on to it. So Miles Golden Bears won, and they improved to 6-0, 4-0 in terms of the season. With that being said, before I ask you about your thoughts on any of the games, let me give you the major division updates here. Before I do that, let me stop and park this for a minute. Let me get your thoughts on, if you would, the – Mid-major division, I'm going to start with you, Charles. What were your thoughts on that? A uh, huge game. I mean, Benedict and Miles, uh, that, that's the one that jumps out for me. Uh, a game that went back and forth. But uh, Benedict, uh, that's – that. I think uh, Coach Chennis Bear said it. That's like a program-defining win. Uh, anytime you get that sort of adversity uh, on the road and you fight through to get the W, uh, man, Benedict, that, that showed me a lot yesterday because that was – that was one, if anyone that I thought, you know, Benedict had a chance to uh, stub their toe, that was the one yesterday, but they came out with the W. So that was, that was, that was macho. That, that, that proved to be a huge. 
Good point. So when you say stub their toes, you don't have any faith in that uh, Fort Valley State is for real that maybe can get them? Not as much now. Uh, I, I think – I think that was that was the separator yesterday. That was that was the bar everybody has to reach up to with, with regards to Benedict. Uh, I thought that Miles' atmosphere I thought was going to be uh, enough, you know, to really pr- provide a lot of, uh, of, of, of of a wall, if you will, uh, with, with regards to Benedict getting the W. But that was a good job. That was that's 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 when you take a look at a team and they get a tough road win like that. Uh, you know, I think everybody's just reaching up to Benedict at this point. Well, I'd love to hear what you say when we get to the major division because you had a couple of good, tough road wins. Yeah. With that being said, let me go to BJ Jones. You were sticking your head in affirmative as well. Sounds like you may agree quite a bit with Charles in terms of that particular matchup. Yeah. Uh, right now, Benedict and Miles are the class of the uh, SIAC. Um, I think that those are the two teams to beat. And if it plays out the way I think it's going to play out, and they meet up again. Doc, they can charge whatever they want to charge on the ticket price. Mm. People who love the game of football will be willing to play it and travel uh, to wherever they host it because that ball game yesterday was an amazing mm. ball game, and they had potentially see that one again. Oh, sign me up! Oh, sign me up! I agree with you. It certainly was a classic matchup, or it had championship. Uh, written all over it. So great point when you make there. Let me go to you, Joshua. What are your thoughts in terms of the top seven? Anything jumped out to you? Man, man, CIAA, man. I, I, I try to do my folk. I try to do my best when I come on this show to focus on the Central Intercollegiate Athletic Association. And Lord have mercy, did we have another day yesterday? I mean, Virginia State. I, I'm lost for words, dog. I, I can't. Listen, you come into somebody's house on homecoming. And shout out to <laughs> Bowie State. Bowie State was very festive yesterday. Shout out to Morgan State. They welcomed Morgan State in. And I heard a lot of the Morgan State alum and fans went down to Bowie, Maryland yesterday and participated in homecoming for Bowie as well. And, and it was a great homecoming. But God, be more love me, boy. Dr. Henry Frazier III just said, listen, I don't got time to hear none of that. I'm gonna just go on and come up in here and put forty on you for your for homecoming because it's my homecoming too. I might as well go on and celebrate myself. So I mean, you just had a lot going on in the CIAA yesterday, and across the top, I mean, across the the mid majors, I was again everybody tipping the nail on the head, man. That Miles and Benedict game was a classic. I would absolutely pay to see that game again. I, I was I was very very excited, but I won't pay to see Virginia State and Bowie State again. That was ugly. That was ugly. <laughs> oh, that was ugly. Joshua said Virginia State put nearly a three piece chicken wing dinner for three <laughs> with the sides on the two dot. They gave the sides and all of that, and the hot sauce, and the hot sauce. Hey, <laughs> D. Drew, as they talk about chicken wing plates and hot sauce sides, you know that's. Mustard greens for some of y'all. With that mm-hmm. being said, Drew, what was your biggest outtake of this weekend? What caught your attention? But uh, doing what they did. Uh, there were five undefeated teams coming into this weekend in the SIAC. 
We knew one mm. was going to fall off between Benedict and Miles, and that, that just happened to be Miles. The other four had a business. Um, hey, you said something about Benedict and Miles being a possible rebatch of the SIAC championship game. Won't happen. Tuskegee has the easiest road to one of those two teams IAC championship game. Look at Tuskegee's schedule of all of the four undefeated teams that remain in the SIAC. Tuskegee only has one matchup against the upper half team, and that's the last game of the season against Miles. Everyone else plays another upper half team at least two times in the remaining four weeks. Mm. Mm. Great data points. Speaking of data points, let's go to Mike. Uh, Mike, I know you're not in the airport and it was a long time night, but the shades is, is it the you got so much bright light you don't want anybody to see what you want shine? What is this? Ordinarily, I like to say my future is bright, but that does not apply today. Um, this That's is what, what happens when you tailgate before a game. Go to the game, tailgate after the game, and then on the way home, your big brother, the one who plug calls you and says, "Come smoke one with your boy." At eleven forty-five, one smoke turns into two brotherhood smokes. Two brotherhood smokes turns into three shots and three smokes. So this is what happens. Um, so lessons don't follow Big Mike's lesson. So this is what happens. <laughs> The problem, the problem for us is Big Mike. You the big brother, all of us. We will always be in trouble. That's right. So when I call y'all, expect the same. But when mine calls me, you see where I get it. <laughs> oh, it's tough out there in the paint. It's tough out there in the paint. Oh, yo. Let me get to it as we get into the major division top seven. At number seven, Alabama a and Bulldogs lose uh, in Mobile's location to the number four Jackson State Tigers, 45 to 30. Uh, they had a late drive that may have made it look cleaner on the board, but Jackson State got the goal line stance and kept them out of the end zone. At number six, you have Southern Jaguars lost uh, as they went back and forth and gave number one Florida a and Rattlers everything they wanted, but Rattlers, as a championship-looking team, get it done on the road in extremely hostile territory, 26-19. Now, you speaking about a game that uh, you might want to see again. This one, I must admit, in terms of the score and the competitiveness of it, at least, I could watch it again and be excited about it. But you have a couple of other teams that are fighting to get in front of them, and one of those is Grambling State Tigers, unfortunately for them. They went on the road, and they didn't have the same success Virginia State did to the homecoming of Bowie State Bulldogs. They lost to the number 10, Alcorn State Braves. It was a classic matchup. Late touchdown got it done, 25-24. to 24. The end of the game was interesting in terms of the call, and we got uh, Charles doing his homework to find out to see what we can get on that one, um, either later today or certainly by Tuesday. Grambling Falls to three and three, two and one. And along with the Southern loss, they turn the West into chaos as four teams have just one loss. And don't look outside your door because Texas Southern, fine there with a backup quarterback, only has two losses. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that falls out in the West. So we have number four, Jackson State Tigers defeat number seven, Alabama A&M Bulldogs, as we said, 45-30. So Jackson State improves to four and two and two and one uh, in their race. And number three, and keep the tough uh, things going on Florida A&M that's ahead of them. Hampton Pirates lost to Campbell Campbells, 30-27. This is the same team that North Carolina Central defeated. Right there with them in this game was a home game for Hampton, but couldn't pull it out. They fall to three and two, one and one. That was some people's number one ranked team. So they'll probably fall out of that ranking in terms of first place votes. We tried to tell y'all, but uh, we're going to leave that right there. Number two, North Carolina Central Eagles defeat Elon Phoenix 34 to 23. We thought they were going to get it done, but I'm not sure we were uh, thinking uh, other than Joshua that they were going to be. Um, get it done as much as they did. It was actually an 18-point game that was going back between 18 and 11 versus being 11 and 4 points for those. Eagles got the ball late and just ran out the clock on essentially. They improved to 5 and 1. Obviously, the MEAC hasn't started conference play. Number one ranked Florida and the Rattlers defeat the number six Southern Jaguars 26 to 19, 5 and 1, 4 and 0. So both number one and two week after week have these very impressive uh Victories. We'll see what the gentlemen think about how impressive they were. Five first place votes, and they remain at number one. With that, we'll take our first break and come back on the other side, give some thoughts on the top seven for the major division, and then go straight into some key matchups and see what everybody thinks. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. 
they turn my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yessa yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab with the whole team in front of us. We're going to jump right into it until um, mid-major matchup, which will first start out with a Tuskegee Maroon Tigers. Uh, Drew will probably be able to jump on that real quick. <laughs> but with that being said, let me check out everybody's thoughts before we get into that. Top seven. Josh, what stood out to you in terms of the top seven? On the major level, um, man, listen, those top two continue to be consistent. Uh, Jackson State going down, neutral site game against Alabama A&M, taking care of business. Uh, but but for me, it's, it's really about those top two. Championship caliber teams, find ways to win games, uh, you know, and, and, and shout out to Florida A&M. Shout out to Florida A&M. You find a way to win a game in a hostile environment. I know Southern, I know Mumford was bombing last night. Uh, as I was talking to my brother BJ Jones, it was definitely, definitely a great environment in there last night. TV people didn't do the game justice, man. They, I don't, I don't know, man. They got to do a better job of being able to fully articulate the environment that's going on in the atmosphere. But uh, shout out to Fam U, man, in North Carolina Central. I'm, I'm making my plea right quick. Five seconds, I'm making my plea to the voters. Across the board, uh, it's okay for y'all to make that switch. All right, it's okay for y'all to put something back. <laughs> all right? It's all right. All right, I'm just putting my plea out there. That's all I'm doing. I'm just leaving it right there. I ain't saying nobody. I'm just saying if you show up at our homecoming and you ain't switched us, don't ask for no plates. We ain't giving you nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! hey there are two first place votes out there, uh, and that. it doesn't mean that anybody has. Six of them, fam. You don't want to switch. So great point. Great please. Look at look, look at look at Moses leading his people to the promised land. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, somebody got to do it, baby. Somebody <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> Man, that ain't right. That ain't right. Oh, DJ Jones, what, what are your thoughts? What hit you about the top seven of major division? Championship teams find a way to win. Uh, even when the game is mm. not going perfect. Uh, we saw that a week a uh, week ago with North Carolina Central. We saw it last night with, with Florida AM. Uh, teams that are built with championship pedigree, it might not be pretty. Uh, it might not be the way that you that the fans may have drawn it up, but they find ways uh, to win. And you saw that on display last night um, in, in the Florida A&M um, in, in Southern. Yeah, that, 
Yeah, I like that. I was Doc. I was watching it in the, in the upstairs with you. That was not a pretty game at by any stretch. I'd like to I'd like to challenge Jay's top five. There wasn't a swag team, a swag West team in his power five when the, when we we're watching that Fam Southern game. I'd like to challenge that. Come on now, not one, not one. <laughs> Dang, Charles, what what's on your mind? We already see Mike not only. What's the excited about the game? It's tough to watch. He talking about who he going to go after? I, I, I echo the sentiments about FAMU and Southern, but Alcorn Grambling, uh, Alcorn State Braves, throwing a huge monkey wrench. Uh, and you said that you coined it last night. The, the, the West is a mess now uh, yeah. with, with, with Alcorn, with that huge win uh, in, the, in the waning seconds of that game against Grambling. And I can't say enough about that Alcorn defense because Grambling can run the football. But they did the job last night. Good stuff. Good stuff. AD Drew, what's what's your thoughts into the major division top seven? I think they just put five more seconds on the clock for the grab that all court state game. Because <laughs> 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 they kept putting time on the clock and time on the clock. <laughs> oh man, we, I'll let you know what happened uh, in a moment. I got to pull it up on the phone. But uh, the, I thought that, McNair was gonna have a. Man, I thought he was gonna go out the tailgate, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I'm, I'm gonna cover both divisions with this uh, quick statement. Uh, you you had five feature matchups. Three of them were home runs. No. Two of them they were they weren't quite duds, but they didn't live up to what the hype was for two of those two of those five games. And we all and we all know what we're talking about. Hey, Josh, they. I know one person with the first place vote out there. That's that's a seal right now, and that and that's mine because Hampton has made Hampton maybe walked the plank this weekend. I Hampton got my first place vote last week based on what they had done the last couple of weeks. Mm. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, Josh. Y'all might get my vote this week based on what y'all have done the last couple of weeks and fam uh, fam's winning. But they're not winning impressively. I will give that to the Eagles. The Eagles have won and won impressively the last three weeks. So I'll let you. I'll let you know once once I actually cast my ballot. But you got me thinking, bro. Hey, Ad Drew, I yeah. was this close from switching my major from business to political science. So I'm doing the work right now. This is part <laughs> of what I got to do. I got the politics. Got to shake hands, kiss babies. I got to do my job. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you, brother, and we appreciate your vote, and we hope that we be on your ballot this time well, coming tonight. Well, I, I, I'm the swing voter. I am the swing voter. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. Make, make sure you got my water and my hot dog when I go to the when I go to the polls because I know the line gonna be long. Let us Man. know any contingencies we can do for you when it come around post political season. Any contingencies you want an extra barbecue on your plate, some cold <laughs> whatever it is you need, brother, we're willing to do it for you both, brother. You're doing cold slouch to the background of your team. Now, he really is talking about politics. First time ever on the inside of the HBCU Sports Lab, we find a way to mix in politics and sports, and we're actually here negotiating first place votes. Man, this is big time. Big time. Sticking with you, AD Drew. Let's get into that. Uh, Morehouse Tuskegee Classic in Birmingham. Uh, number three Tuskegee Golden uh, Tigers get it done. Five and one, four and zero. Oh. The feet the Morehouse Maroon Tigers that dropped the zero and six and zero and four forty to twenty eight. Uh, obviously you know my my 
main eye was on the Fanview Southern game, but I was kind of flipping back and forth between the the Tuskegee Boarhouse Classic. And I did miss a whole lot while I was flipping back and forth in the first half with a 6-6 score uh, at halftime, except uh, what the F uh, kind of feeling that is going on when Tuskegee, a team who should be taking care of business and should handle a team like Morehouse early, let the team like Morehouse stay around. I don't know what the halftime speech was from Coach Aaron James, but they came out in the second half, uh, got, on, got on the board early, uh, reestablished the running game, and was able to take a 27-7 lead going into the uh going into the fourth quarter. So, you know, Tuskegee was able to able to put his foot down of the four undefeated <clears throat> SIAC teams. Tuskegee is probably the least impressive of the four, but like I said earlier, they have the easiest road of the four that's remaining. That's why you have to st- you have to stay on the Tuskegee bandwagon and Tuskegee train because of, because of the role that train is taking. Man, I was so excited about the politics. I'm gonna start start right there. I'm gonna go back to you, Joshua. We're gonna look <laughs> at the <laughs> Bowie State Bulldogs game number two, Virginia State Trojans six and 4 and zero defeat the number ten Bowie State Bulldogs three and three two and two forty four to sixteen. And yes, it was Bowie State's homecoming. Um, they might have had a lot of fun and celebrated everything else, but it certainly was not about the game. Yeah, um, I mean, Doc, you you make an emphatic statement. Uh, you make an emphatic statement. And had it not been that Benedict defeat, defeated a top three team yesterday, I would be on here politicking for Virginia State as well. This mm. is how you make a statement. For those of you guys who, for those of those who are listening and watching who may have short-term and long-term memory loss, Bowie State flat out dominated this conference for a long time. Yep. A lot of this had to do with that we talked about it a little bit last week, that Henry Frazier coaching tree. And these guys really being able to replenish coach after coach, season after season, depth, year in and year out. And then you have Virginia State under the same coach who was at home yesterday, goes in there and he flat out dominates his alma mater. 44 to 16, and I'm going to be honest with you, because in that second half, you could almost see a little bit of the thought of being pulled back. This could have been worse. Oh, wow. It could have been worse. I'm watching in the second half, and you can tell that Coach Manigo, the offensive coordinator of Virginia State, he pulled back a little bit. Mm. I mean, this was worse than this could have been worse. Now, I do want to take a moment to shout out to Bowie State. I gave love to Bowie State and Morgan State and their ability to come together and have some congruence yesterday, given everything that happened at Morgan. And then even worse than that, something happens at Bowie last night. We find out from Lady Drew that something happened at Bowie last night. So our love and prayers go to Bowie as well. And that student body and that alum and that support system, that community. Um, but this was this was uh this was rough, man. You got drives where they going three plays, 78 yards to score touchdowns. You got drives where they going 15 plays, 95 yards to score touchdowns. I mean, if, if I mean, Lord have mercy, man. Whatever Virginia State wanted to do yesterday, they were able to do. 
And uh, this one's rough, man. And, and, and the scoreboard, again, in this situation, not indicative of what it really could have been. It really could have been worse. There you go. There you go. B.J. Jones, I know you uh, watched, like many of us watched, the uh, Benedict game. Kind of touched on it. What are your thoughts in terms of that matchup where number one Benedict Tigers improved to 6-0, and 4-0 in the conference race? As I said, they defeat number three Miles Golden Bears, 4-2, and 3-1. 27 and 24 was the final score of the last uh, half of the game. And the second half, I should say, went back and forth in terms of uh, very impressive drives. Miles to get back in the game, then finally take the lead. And then uh, Benedict Tiger says, enough is enough. It's time to get this victory and go home. What were your thoughts in terms of this game matchup? If you are a connoisseur of what I call grown man football, you love mm. this ball game on yesterday. Miles and Benedict are built extremely, extraordinarily, uh, extraordinarily well for a Division II team uh, along both sides of, of the line of scrimmage. Miles' defensive line, go back and watch that Alabama State tape. Go back and watch that Arkansas Pine Bluff tape because they dominated both of them up front. Um, and, and Benedict is just as imposing. Uh, man, Benedict found a way to get it. Uh, the Hardy kid from from Miles, the linebacker. He he. I don't know who's up for SIAC defensive player of the year. Lupa Danellis. Lupa Danellis. Yeah. yeah, but he. Hey, Hardy can go too. Uh, hey man, this was a classic ball game, and, and I know AD uh, Drew laid it out. Man, if you told me that they will go play again today, I'm there. It, it can be Wednesday. I'm there. This is just one of them games. Like man, you feel like I want to take it in. Um, again, and shout out, we talk a lot about Chittis Bear, but shout out to uh, Sam Shea, head coach of Mile College. Yeah. That program was decimated a year ago. Yeah. Uh, when Reginald Ruffin left that program, a lot of guys left and followed him to uh, Tuskegee and went, uh, went elsewhere. He went in and he's completely revamped that roster, and Miles is a contender again. So when you start hearing about the coaching carousel spins, uh, Sam Shade and his pedigree, and if you look at his body of work, I think that that's another name, young guy, uh, that's name is going to come out, man. But just amazing ball game yesterday. Benedict found a way to get it done on the road at Miles College. They made that pl- that atmosphere electric. Shout out to the Golden Bears. Uh, but it's going to be real interesting to see how these next few weeks play out in SIAC. Good stuff, good stuff. Going back to you, Drew, for this. Uh, number four, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets, just when we thought they were making a push in the MEC, uh, as it seemed, Notre Dame, Ohio Falcons were down this year as they came into the match at two and two in the conference race. Well, not so fast. They win 31 24. Yellow Jacks played well, but could not quite get over the hump on the road as Notre Dame, Ohio Falcons win and prove the three and three and three and two in the conference race. Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup that took place? It's something about a Notre Dame, a team named Notre Dame beating a Yellow Jackets ACC team. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong level, y'all. Wrong level, wrong, <laughs> wrong Notre Dame, wrong, wrong Yellow Jackets. No, seriously though, uh, West Virginia State, a team that uh, has one of the uh, top running backs in Division Two football, is Joe uh, Felder. Uh, had a decent day, 16 times, 91 yards, 5.7 per carry. Here, Here's the problem. Your defense gave up 
30 yards on the ground in the game, which allowed Notre Dame to control the clock, shorten the game. And <clears throat> what what have I told y'all to what stat to take to really look at this year with the rule change where the clock's not stopping on first down? DOP. Look at the rushing attempts and how that correlates to time of possession. And if you have a team that is not the level of the other team, if you can control those two things, you give yourself a fighting chance to win the game. And that's exactly what Notre Dame of Ohio did. They gave themselves a fighting chance, and they were able and they were able to take advantage of it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Stick with us. We'll be back on the other side. We'll get Mike and Charles to get in here and give us some thoughts on these major division level games as well as A.D. Drew, B.J. Jones, and Joshua Sim. One game we'll get everybody to comment on. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes, sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Boy, I love the uh, takes in between. Boy, we get so much done, so much real talk going on. With that being said, we're gonna go straight to it, but we're gonna go straight to Charles. Takes the Mobile, Alabama Lab, People Stadium, Gulf Coast Challenge. Number four, Jackson State Tigers improved to four and two, two and one, defeat the number seven Alabama AM Bulldogs, who fall to three and three and one and two, 45 to 30, just when we thought the Bulldogs could take the next step and take a bite out of crime. Uh, the Tigers said, not so much. Uh, get back into your corner over there in your doghouse. Mm. Charles, what were your thoughts on this matchup? 
Yeah, good win for Jackson State. And I think uh, coming out of the bye week, one of the things uh, T.C. Taylor mentioned was that they wanted to start fast, play clean, and they did that. They jumped out to a 35-7 lead uh, uh, at halftime. If there's anything that you really uh, kind of keep an eye on, as uh, Jackson State, they got to finish better. But first half, uh, they outscored you know, 23-10 in the second half. So that was, uh, I think, you know, the blemish on yesterday. But uh, defensively, they came out and they jumped on, on, on top of Quincy Casey early and, and chased him from the game. I think that was a huge takeaway because he had been playing some really great ball with the past couple of weeks. So uh, A&M ended up having to go with uh, Xavier Langford. But uh, on the bright side of things, Jackson State has a, a very interesting Thunder Lightning sort of situation with Herb Mulligan and Ahmad Miller. Uh, Ahmad Miller's younger brother of uh, Aubrey Miller, and uh, he came in, had a huge run yesterday. We've seen uh, uh, bits and pieces of Ahmad, and he had a pretty uh, a good game against Texas State where he was running the ball uh, effectively. But uh, that bodes well for Jackson State's offense going forward. Uh, you know, they can keep Jason Brown out of third and long situations if they can run the football. Uh, he had an efficient game yesterday, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But uh, overall, Jackson State's defense really got things done in the second half and kind of took a foot off the gas a little bit in the second half, but uh, they had more than enough to put Alabama in him away. Good stuff. Good report. we look at what's going on there. With that being said, Mike, let me go to you. Let's go into the Independence Hampton, Virginia Armstrong Stadium. Uh, we're at the Coastal Athletic Conference, formerly known as the Colonial CAA. You have Campbell that just lost uh, to North Carolina Central this week. They get a little bounce back. This one we thought Hampton Pirates were ready to ascend and put the crown on the top of the head. People said not so fast as Campbell said, no, uh, this is time for the conference standing. Three and two, two and two overall as they improve to as they defeat Hampton Pirates. They fall to three and two on the season and one and one in the conference race, 30 to 27. Really good game, uh, but Pirates could not get it done. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, so I was kind of reading and I took a look at some, you know, some of the, the clips. If Hampton plays this game, if they played the first and second quarter like they played the second half of the third and fourth quarter, there's a chance they probably would have won this game. You know, they're playing, you know, Campbell, you know, which came into the game as, what, 15, 13, 14, 15th in total offense, averaging 434 yards a game. They accomplished that. They got 440 yards. So you knew they were kind of going to get theirs. Uh, you know, Hampton has a couple of rushers that are pretty good. You know, the CAA's leading rusher, uh, Elijah Burris, I think he had a buck 15, buck 13, and then Derek Butts had 124. So you knew that Campbell had it was strong on the offensive side. If you look at their stats in the CAA, they're not as strong on the defensive side. They allow a lot of yards against him. And then as sure as sure enough, they go into halftime, Campbell's up 14 to seven, and then they go and get into the fourth quarter. And lo and behold, Hampton, you know, uh, has a chance to win this game and gets the ball with 58 seconds left, unfortunately, uh, and scores. Um, but Campbell uh, recovered the onside kick. So it's a game to me that could have went any either way. So I was surprised on the defensive front that Hampton was not able to stop, you know, their, their top region. But they're, give Campbell's uh, quarterback credit, uh, uh, Haj Malik Williams, 
I mean, kid went off yesterday, so uh, he had about you know two hundred and eighty, close to three hundred yards. If I'm reading, the, if I'm reading the uh, the box score right, but it was his performance there, two hundred forty yards. I'm sorry, it was his performance. He made throws when he had to, particularly in the fourth quarter when Hampton started pressuring them more on the defensive side. So give them credit. It was it was a close game. I th- I think Hampton could have won had they played that. First and second quarter, like they played the third and fourth quarter, they switched up their defensive scheme. If I look at look at the clips right, um, and put more pressure on the quarterback, but unfortunately fell short. Good stuff, good stuff there. Uh, Hampton was not to be in this matchup. But let's go down to another MIAC, uh matchup versus the Coastal Athletic uh, Conference CAA. North Carolina Central is at it again. Number two, North Carolina Central. Eagles improved to five and one. They're sliding through the season, making moves and getting stronger as they go, it seems like. Switching quarterbacks, different things happening, and they still find a way to get it done. They go on the road and get it done. Against Elite Elon Phoenix, they fall to three and three, um, still three and oh in the colonial, which is another statement when you look at the overall framing of this game. And Eagles dominate from what I could see and what I read and saw 34 to 23 in this matchup. Joshua, take us into this game and tell us what you saw. Yeah, man, Doc, this was uh this is a, a perfect example of the final score not being indicative of the way that it really was dominated. Um, Elon gets down to their third string quarterback yesterday. Uh, <laughs> clearly, we were up twenty eight to ten by the time they had their third string quarterback in the game. Uh, we had called the dogs off the way we really probably at a time, and, and I think Coach Cole would probably say. He called the dogs off a little too early. It was the fourth quarter. Um, called the dogs off just a little too early. But um, listen, man, um, an, another Walter Payton Award performance by Davius Richard. This young brother is uh, – the debate is over inside of, the, inside of Eagle Land. The debate is over. <laughs> this young brother has clearly made it – he's made it perfectly clear that he is quite possible – the greatest thing we've seen come through this program. Whoa! Yesterday. Yesterday. Whoa. Didn't know this. And shout out to Kyle Server, our um, our um our person that does all our stats and has all of our information historically. Yesterday was North Carolina Central's 500th uh program win. Latrell Mookie Carriers becomes the ninth player in school history to amass 2,000 rushing yards for his career. But Davius Richard, the week prior, had set the record, had already broken and set the record for most rushing touchdowns in school history. Mm. He then comes back the week prior, the next week, and goes for another three rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown, no turnovers, 60-plus percent completion rate, 100-plus rushing yards yesterday, and has over 280 total yards yesterday and four touchdowns. Coming off a week where he had put up five total touchdowns. Coming off a week where he took a week off against Valley. Yesterday, the defense finally showed what can happen when we force a team to be one-dimensional. North Carolina Central forced Elon to be one-dimensional yesterday. The run game for Elon yesterday was absolutely non-existent. Non-existent. They passed the ball as we expect. Our DBs having some 
you know, kind of coming along, getting along to come along. And yesterday, that defensive line, which I told everybody was going to be better this year than they even were last year, because we finally got some edge rushers. You see this defensive line force seven, seven coverage sacks yesterday, along with another five hurries that really should have been sacks yesterday as well. I was impressed by this performance by our defense, who as the third string guy got in there, they, they found some things to do. They ran the ball with the quarterback, and not a lot of passing down the field. But I was impressed by the defense yesterday. And and I think that the conversation is done. If we go into the uh into the uh bye week, I think the conversation is over. And I can say this as a person who's been around this athletic program for over three decades, I can say that I know for a fact I've watched so many of these games and I know the guys that have come through this program. And if my mama willing to say it, who was a classmate of Earl Harvey, I just, huh, huh, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm if my mama willing to say it, she was a classmate of Earl Harvey. Study was around that program, was one of the team managers during the program when Earl Harvey was on campus and walking around when Air was doing his thing. I think that this conversation is over, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll get a chance we'll get a chance to put an exclamation mark on it. He'll get a chance to put an exclamation mark on it. But uh this conversation is over. Because I was I was about to say this is the program of Earl, the great Earl Air Harvey. And you're putting Davis Richard. Above Earl Earhart. It comes down to a conversation, Chuck, of, of preference. And I talk about this a lot uh, on HBC United. We talk about preference. If your preference for watching the game of football is your is is you want to see a quarterback throw the ball all around the field and amass an incredible amount of passing yards and passing touchdowns, then you you normally most of us will fall in love with that. But we talk about the fact that this young brother already has a national championship, already has been conference player of the year. Now, we're talking about on, a, on another divisional level that Earl was playing at. The amount of turnovers is, is vastly different. But when you add in the fact that this brother is just as dangerous with his legs as he is with his arm, he's an improved passer this year, only one interception as far as what we've seen. One of them was – the other one is against UCLA. I'm calling that a mulligan because that was against a screen where a guy who's probably going to be a first 20 draft pick sheds a, sheds a block on the screenplay and he throws the pick right there. He makes an incredible play, one-handed interception. Outside of that, only one other interception this season. This offensive line, I have to give kudos to this offensive line, an improved offensive line that left – that lost two All-Americans last year. I'm saying that the conversation is over, Chuck, for one reason and one reason only. When it boils down to games like this and the competition that he's going up against, what I see this brother do as far as taking over a game, it's it's it's, unequiv- it's unequivocal. Yep. It, it doesn't even it, – it pales in comparison. You can't compare these guys in the same way that you would compare two passing quarterbacks. We've had that. We had Malcolm Bell who had, was a, a, a quintessential passer who could not catch Earl Harvey's passing record. Mm. But this brother has a chance still to pass the passing record and the passing touchdowns record. And he set the rushing record so high now, my son would have to start playing college football in North Carolina Central right now to even get close to touching that rushing record. Point, <laughs> <laughs> man. All right. We're taking this block off. DJ Jones, let's go into Baton Rouge. You were there live. First, 
before you tell me what went on in the field and your thoughts about the matchup, talk about the atmosphere. Because as Joshua talked about it, I'm not sure if everybody could catch it from a television perspective. You could feel the energy in terms of what you saw, uh, the matchup itself going back and forth. But talk about that, if you would, and then get into the mix of the game. I mean, a lot of people, I'm going to be honest with you, Doc, a lot of people kind of felt like, hey, uh, we know this football team is. I mean, if we can play it close, if we can do this, but I don't. Team came out and balled. The team came out and balled. The crowd got into it. Uh, the light show brings a whole different element. Uh, <laughs> it was rocking. Uh, I looked at the attendance. They had like 17,000 or some change, close to 18,000, uh, which is light for family. It's, it's light for family. Uh, but man, the people that were there, man, it, it, it was electric. And you can tell that that crowd, it shook, it shook up FAMU a little bit. Uh, it, it shook them up a little bit. We made it a hostile place to play. Uh, and, and, and it was just a great, uh, Baton Rouge Saturday night. Y'all look cold last night, Doc. Y'all look cold. It was just warm. Yeah. I mean, but overall, man, atmosphere was, was, was solid. Um, and I just came up a little bit short. Um, you know, looking at, looking at that ball game, um, yesterday, uh, defensively, uh, we had some opportunity. Um, I, I think about that last drive. If we catch that interception, that changes the, the facet of the ball mm-hmm. game. Special teams yep. was, was key. Special teams cost a, a four points. Two missed extra points is two. And then have one of those as a block, and the FAMU returns that uh, for two points. So that's four points there. Um, and then offensively, to be honest with you, Doc, it almost seemed as that we were trying to hide uh, Harold Blood. Uh, only 19 passes on last night. Um, we, yep. we didn't go to the – went to the tight end early. Didn't go back to him anymore um, uh, at any other point during the game. But this team came together. They played tough last night. It was a challenge. You got the best team in the conference uh, coming in on paper. Uh, and this team uh, was challenged. And they rose to the challenge. We just uh, came up a little bit short. And I know everything, all people want to talk about is that two-minute drill, um, which left a lot left to be desired. To get the ball back and, and with two minutes and 44 yeah. seconds left with an opportunity to tie it should not take you a minute and 57 seconds to get off three plays, or which one of those being a draw play. Uh, so, you, How do you, you run had, the ball the first play of that drive? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you had a exuberant fan base last night uh, that was excited, um, uh, Doc, and that fan base, uh, when you left the stadium, those pom-poms turned into pitchforks and torches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand because that defensive front held Fabi rushing to 67 yards. Yeah, mm-hmm. It was fascinating to watch, but they were able to get a lot of passing yards. It was, it was intriguing. Charles, you wanted to follow up with a quick question? Well, well and, and that's that's my question to AD Drew. Uh, does that not concern you that, that? Uh, J- Jeremy Musa had 53 pass attempts last night and that FAMU's running game uh, couldn't, couldn't produce more yardage than it did? That, does that not throw up a red flag at some point uh, that that could be uh, an issue yeah. somewhere down the line. That throws up a red flag, a green flag, an orange flag, a blue flag. That throws up every color flag. And I hope it doesn't make Fab you throw in the throw in the towel 
and, and a white flag as as they surrender. I said this last night. Uh, we had I, I didn't go tell him you go throw in a white chair. Oh, that that's only in Alabama, uh, Doc. It's only in Alabama. But uh, (laughs) but uh, I said this last night as we were closing out the watch party that we had for the game. I need a bucket a quarter for Fab on the ground. If Fab could give you a buck and a quarter running, they can. They they let's be real. They can give you a bucket a quarter. They've got a chance to beat Central. Right now, if you put these two teams head-to-head against each other, Josh, I, 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 I got to say it, bro. I don't give Fab a prayer unless they get that, unless they get that running game established. So, yes, Charles, to answer your question, it throws up a tremendous red flag. And I will get this, and I will get uh, out on this one. I don't know if y'all realize this, but if a couple of things shake out uh, over the next couple of weeks, fam, you can have the East sold up before homecoming, yeah. especially if Alabama State defeats Jackson State uh, this upcoming week. That means essentially, fam, you will be up three games on mm-hmm. everybody as they sit at home in the, uh, for the bye week this week. So, Everybody may be paying attention to the West because the East may be done yeah. in, in another week or so. Yeah, man, that's a great point when you bring it down there. Let's get into our last break. We're going to get on the other side. We're going to do our last game at all four. Graham homecoming against the Grambling Tigers that really set the West on fire, which has everybody intriguing trying to figure out. I want to see your, each of y'all thoughts on that matchup and then tell me what you think of the West. The last thing we'll talk about who's driving that 18 little truck to Atlanta. Uh, A.D. Drew, I have a little more concerns to me with your wide receivers. They dropped too many passes for me. I know people are talking about Boosa, but uh, and he has oh, we had some that you can think about here and there, but the wide receivers do not help him as much as they could in terms of matriculating the ball down the field. And we don't use our tight end. Exactly. We'll get get on the other side and come back uh, with a little more talk, get into that uh, Ramblin' State on the road at All Point State. Stick with me right back after this break because I got to tell you about my neighbor as well. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplified Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eighth. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your beard works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. 
You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Are you hungry? Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. For authentic Caribbean food, like jerk, chicken, ox. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. We're back for our last segment. It should be a good one as all of them. Get into it. I want to do this. Give a shout out to Tennessee State Tigers. They get a big win uh, on the road mm. against Kennesaw State. Uh, bounce back after last week's conference loss. They have a non-conference win. This is a program that's moving up to Conference USA. So kudos for uh, the Tigers. And Eddie George is getting it done over there in Tigerland. We'll see what that looks like as they continue to move forward. See if they become a game of the week this week. We'll check it out and give you more on that. With that being said, Let's get into this last matchup. It was a good one. It was a classic one. Uh, seems like it always is in a lot of ways. Normal Mississippi Jack Spink Stadium. We have the number five, Grambling State Tigers, at fall to three and three, two and one in the conference race. That's critical as they lose to the number 10, All Four State Braves, three and three, two and one. Uh, final score was 25 to 24. And as Drew said, I think they're still finding clock time to leave on the clock, as they said. We'll see what that means. With that being said, Shout out to my neighbor Dennis as he's traveling home, traveling grace to all those out there traveling home, traveling grace. Particularly my neighbor, man, it's been raining, and I was seeing if that was maybe an excuse not to get in the yard last week after that tough loss Prairie View uh, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I'm sure this week with the victory, he'll be out there manicuring the lawn. So I thought I'd get ahead of things, and I texted him. My mentor, Doctor Owens, was down there with his RV, went over there to check on it. Uh, I tell him to have a good time. And he was out there in the atmosphere giving me pictures back. But they were quiet, quiet all game long. So I decided this morning to give him a shout out, tell him, you know, safe travels back. Congratulations on the win. You know, I'm gracious. And then I even said, thank you. Thank you for making sure that Prairie View Panthers are back in the race. Man, he hits me back <laughs> with the text. He gets all ugly with it. I'm like, oh, neighbor, what's wrong? He said, all our way back now. So I thought he was going to leave it there. Then I see another text, blah, 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 it comes through. By the way, you're welcome. PV got at least one more butt whooping coming. All we got to do is win out. I was like, uh, okay, all you got to do is win out. We'll leave it right there. Shout out. <laughs> Mr. Dennis, as Deuce likes to call him, getting all in his feelings. I'm going to talk about that, man. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> be nice to folks. They don't know how to act. With that being said, let's go around for everybody to talk about this. Charles, I'm going to start with you. Tell me a little bit, what was your thoughts in terms of this matchup as the Braves find a way to get it done? If I didn't see the box score and I saw the fact that, uh, that Gremlin had five sacks uh, against Alcorn and, and, and really held down Jarvin Howard, I, I just off the top of my head, I would have thought that, that Gremlin had won this uh, football game. But you take your hat off to Alcorn. Uh, despite the adversity yesterday, they were able to fight through and I'm 
the stat that blew me away uh, after watching Bramlin up close uh, was was keeping that rushing game at bay. Uh, that 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 was huge uh, to keep Bramlin's uh, rushing game to under 100 yards, only 60 yards rushing total yesterday. But Miles Crawley, three interceptions yesterday. Uh, that hasn't been his game uh, this season. He goes back to earth. Yeah, he came back to earth. I think coming into this game, I think he only had one interception. So uh, all points defense, they were ball hawking yesterday. Good points, good points. BJ Jones, what was your thoughts? What stood out in this matchup for you? Oh, man. Alcorn had their backs up against the wall, man. We talked about it, man. If Alcorn loses this game, it's probably Um, But they found a way to uh, get it done. Um, You saw them be opportunistic. I saw the beginning of the game, which the way it started, man, was weird, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Missed the ending of it, and I heard that that was just as weird as the start of it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, Alcorn finds a way. I mean, here we go again. Uh, that Fred McNair squad find themselves kind of sneaking around the chicken, uh, chicken coop. You got the four teams in the West that all have one loss. And, Doc, when you look at the schedules that are coming up, it, it, it's like every game now is almost like a playoff. Mm. You know, uh, but uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, that Alcorn offense, man. They found a way, even though that Howard didn't have his best day and, and, and Grambling found a way to slow down uh, that rushing game. Alcorn still found um, a way to get it done. So shout out to the Braves and, and happy homecoming to the to, to the Braves out there. No doubt, no doubt. Mike, what are your thoughts? Grambling and Alcorn, both neither team could really rush the ball. Grambling had sixty yards. Auburn State had sixty six. I'm pissed off. That's why. Because here, <laughs> Prairie View went all the way to got Mississippi. Ain't won that since 2015. Inks out a win against Alcorn. And what happens? We go and lay a big-ass goose egg against Gramlin. So a team that we argue we should have beat. And then what happens? Alcorn finds a way to beat Gramlin with all of that that has just been said. Oh, yeah, you know, Crowley in the three interceptions. Time of possession was good, but... I mean, hats off to, you know, Alcorn. I watched part of that game. That was an ugly game to watch. Seriously, you look at the mistakes, you look at the turnovers uh, by both teams. It was kind of ugly, but I thought Gremlin was going to pull that out. It just felt like Gremlin was going to pull that out. I turned away, walked back, comes back. With a minute 58, looks like Alcorn came back. I really became pissed off. <laughs> that's how, that's how, those were my thoughts. I know that's not analytical, but I'm pissed off. <laughs> that's what data point. point is that, Mike? What, what data, data point, point is pissed off? That ain't no damn data point. That's a mic point. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we get a lot of first. We got a first to go past data points and just pissed off the festivity. But that being said, let's go to you, Joshua, in terms of your thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, man, I, I I love to look at the, the quarterback duels uh, once we had these games, man. And, and shout out to Aaron Allen, man. This young brother went, it was homecoming, and put on a show yesterday. Over 250 yards, total total yards yesterday. Uh, 248 of that coming through the air, and three of those coming on the ground. But, I mean, just put on a show. Three touchdowns yesterday, only one interception. And even that one interception, really, honestly, it was, that was a rough one. I, I didn't, I don't understand why he threw that ball. But, uh, yesterday, man, put on the show and he outdoed Miles Crawley, who was absolutely playing lights out, man. He was 
a fan favorite of everybody's playing through these first few weeks and been playing lights out. And he goes in and he has the opposite stats. He throws three interceptions and only one touchdown yesterday. So I, I love to look at the quarterback duels. I love to see how these guys go. As, as everybody knows, wins and losses are a quarterback stat, just like for pitches in baseball. So I always love to see who comes out on the other side of the W. And uh, and absolutely, my hat goes off to Aaron Allen yesterday. Just played lights out yesterday, balled out, uh, minus that one interception, man. And, and shout out to Alcorn, man. Happy homecoming. I know most of y'all are headed back home. I know Dr. Cavill didn't even mention the neighbor last week because it happened in the last week. So it's good to hear his name <laughs> pop back up into, into the conversation this week. So, uh, but yeah, man, very, very impressive uh, thing. I, I was I was a little disappointed that I didn't see Jarvion Howard, uh, a big-time game from Jarvion Howard yesterday. But you find a way to get it done the way you need to get it done. And, and Aaron Allen did that. And uh, and that offensive line played really, really well. And that last drive, man, I mean, who can't say nothing else about that last drive to go win the game yesterday by those guys, man. So mm. uh, that goes off to those guys and Aaron Allen playing lights out. Yeah. Let me give a shout-out to a couple of my other neighbors. I don't want to think they don't have any love. I got another neighbor down the street. He already talked about basketball. Now, he's a basketball player for the Southern Jaguars. I'm like, what what you – he wants to talk basketball. He asked me all week about the men's and women's basketball. Media day. I said, you don't never talk about basketball. In, <laughs> in the neighborhood on the corner, the Texas Southern University, he just as quiet as the church mouse. He hadn't said nothing. He just waves at me real nice. <laughs> so, man, you, man, you know. You gonna find a fiery pitchfork in your in your yard one day talking about your neighbors like that. <laughs> what was that, B? Yes. What are your oh. thoughts on this matchup? Uh, I I need y'all to help me out with something. What is the better way to find people, the milk carton or the Amber Alert? Because the running game for both of these teams has just disappeared. So there's a, there's a, everybody's out looking for the running game and the running backs for both of these teams. Is like Doc said, one team had 60 yards, the other team had 63 yards. But BJ, Charles, maybe y'all can help me out with this. What is it that they grow in the fields there around Lorman, Mississippi, that allows a quarterback to multiple times that was not the starter at the beginning of the year to wind up taking the starting spot and wind up becoming one of the better quarterbacks <laughs> in the SWAT conference, i.e. Uh, Aaron Allen this year. Aaron Allen was not supposed to be the starter. We've seen it yep. before. Devontae Kincaid, you can, go all, you can keep going old and old you know, and old yep. uh, with an all-core quarterback who did not start the season and right now, Aaron Allen is making a uh, a push to become the uh, offensive offensive player of the year. Quietly, quietly as it's, as it's kept. I, mm-hmm. Right now, I like him better than I like Musa. And for for a fan, you a rattler to say that that's tough. But it's but it's a fact right now. I like his play better than I like Musa's play uh, since Swag play has begun. Hey, yeah. you, you are right. But remember, let's rewind. Back to media day. We said this about the SWAC West. With Alcorn, we don't know who they quarterback on. We don't know what their situation is. We said that. There's no surprise 
how good he is, yes. But it's no surprise that somebody comes up out of the ashes. We said, but that the, it always that happens the, at all court. All court is uh, the only team that got somebody there who you ain't never heard. Yeah, of. it's not like and, it happens one time, it's and then they wind up becoming conference player of the year. It's always mm. all court. Yes. This okay. is over a decade that this happened, so you're absolutely yep. talking about that. Let's talk about some of these key matchups as we get going, uh, going forward. Um, I'm going to pull up this little screenshot here. I want to see your thoughts on it in terms of 18 Willer. As you see in the front seat, uh, we have FAMU and North Carolina Central as they look like they're on the collision course. Uh, when you think about it, bags packed, ready, looks like they're trying to get to Atlanta. And you have a couple of teams in the background that are lurking around. Howard's out there saying, hey, what about us? I might have to remove that Alabama A&M helmet, but you got Jackson State in there in the mix. <laughs> Prairie View's looking in there. Grambling saying, hey, we in there. Southern might have to remove that Norfolk State as they were in the mix a couple of this weekend. But as things continue to move forward, it looks like maybe a two-horse race over there. I know it's early. South Carolina State says, hold on. Well, you know, our first game was our first game but we're back in the mix. Let me get each of your thoughts in terms of do you agree with the picture in terms of who's driving this truck and who should be uh, looking to try to get into those front seats, starting with you, John. Yeah, I mean, on, on the Mid-East and Athletic side, on the MEAC side, uh, um, Norfolk State had a bye week this week. Howard goes up to Northwestern and, and and try to make a valiant effort to get a W against a Big Ten team, which was that was really going to be a big-time win, man. And I saw yeah. Howard. Um, congratulations, but y'all know my stance. I don't believe in no good losses. You lose, you lose. All right. So, Howard, you now have six more weeks to prove to somebody's mama, grandmama, auntie, uncle, somebody that you deserve to even be on that truck. All right. I, I'm I, I, time to put up a shut up. Man, I'm tired of hearing about Howard and hearing that Howard is this and that. And I'm saying this loud and living in living color. All right, you want to be on that truck. It's time for you to show that you deserve to be on that truck. South Carolina State has rolled off two W's. Got one against Citadel and against VUL is what it is. Delaware State shouldn't even be at the darn port. Uh, Norfolk State, we're going to see. We're going to see Norfolk. I believe they have, in my opinion, the second-best quarterback in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference with Otto Coons. We're going to see if that defense can be able to hold up. Um, and Morgan State, man, uh, uh, you know, hopefully coming out of this this week off, man, I'm, I'm hoping that this is a more reinvigorated, hands down, without a, without a shadow of a doubt, um, through and through has one of the best defenses in all of college football. It's hard for you to even look past that team. And I'm not surprised that they're not necessarily on that box because, again, another team that just hasn't found a way to get a W past week one's win. So, uh, I'm, you know, I wanted to focus just on the MEAC side, Doc. You know, I, I know these brothers, everybody else here knows the swag, but on the MEAC side, right now we're going to see it's South Carolina State for me. It's South Carolina State for me. they the ones that deserve to be on that box truck for shelter, Joe, and we'll get a chance on Thursday night national televised game to see what that game is going to turn out to be. Uh, our last time getting a chance to play against Coach Buddy Pugh. North Carolina Central's last time to play against Buddy Pugh, man, um, before he goes and rides off into – the Immaculate Sunset, that is HBCU football um, starter. So I I'm excited. We'll see what happens. But as far as me, Howard don't deserve to be on that darn truck, man. Find a way to win some darn games, man. You be on the truck. The only win you got this year is against freaking Morehouse, man. What do you think you kidding? <laughs> Stop trying to get out here bullying Howard. 
you bison bully you. Hey, you see how I had to do that. Hey, boy, see I had to wait to Erica see this, boy. Wait to Erica see this. Hey, AD Drew, what are your thoughts on the 18 wheeler? Um, I, I I think he got it hit on the head. We already we already know that the two people driving the the uh truck right now, uh FAMU and North Carolina Central. The question is, Doc, who's riding shotgun though of those two teams? Because those two are clearly the two teams uh that that are dominating. But there is plenty of cargo back there out of out of the West. And somebody in the Swack West can mess around and jump up in that front seat. Absolutely. Re- real fast. Because like I said, Fabview Fabview's very close to wrapping up the East already, mathematically wrapping up the East with the tiebreaker. So if that does happen and they wrap it up early, will will they continue to keep their foot off the gas or will they wait until the first week of December and try to start and try to get it started again? If that happens, that that is a tough position to be in where you wrap things up so easily. Even with J- during Jackson State's dominance, Fab was always on their ass, and uh, Jackson State could not let up off the gas pedal. As you know, it, it always went down to that last game. Jackson State still had to win because Fab was always right there, just waiting on Jackson State to fall. Doesn't look like it's uh, turning out to be like that this week. And then in the West, because of the competition, the parity in the West, those teams will be battle tested come the first week of December. So it could be interesting when you have those battle tested teams against that team that's just been on cruise control for maybe a whole month. No doubt. DJ Jones? That's about accurate to me, Doc. Um, you know, I would uh, give uh, Alabama A&M the old heave-ho uh, from the truck. I, I think with them <laughs> Leave them at the rest loss, stop. <laughs> yeah, I think with them getting that, that, that second loss, man, you, you're more than welcome to, you know, leave them at, at, at the pilot or, you know, leave them down at the Lubies <laughs> to get something to eat. Um, so um, I, I think other than that, man, I think that that's where it is. But this is what I always tell people. It's a long season. It is a long season, particularly in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Remember, two years ago, around about this time, it looked like Norfolk were on their way smooth sailing on to Atlanta. And then South Carolina State uh, got them. Uh, North Carolina Central, uh, which really started North Carolina Central to go and got them. Uh, so it's a long season over in the media. And in the sweat, this is the thing. We now know that, fam, you will bleed. Um, that takes a little of the shine off of them uh, a, a little bit. Um, there's, there's some key games coming up this week. Alabama Anum has to go to Gremlin, Gremlin's homecoming, a uh, homecoming in Jackson, Mississippi. Alabama State goes there. Now, the way that Alabama State plays the game of football potentially can muck that game up for Jackson State, um, and and that's going to be very, very, very interesting. But right now, North Carolina Central to me is in the driver's seat. Fam U has got their feet kicked up on the dashboard in the passenger seat, riding shotgun, and then you have everybody else. <laughs> but a week from today, that that could change. Like I say, we got a lot of ball in front of us. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. I like that. It got the feet kicked up. I agree with y'all season long. It looks like they've been uh 
trading seats and giving the other one a little rest to drive for a while. With that being said, let me go to you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of the 18-wheeler truck headed to Atlanta? Yeah, I like the artistry, that little rental truck converted into it. I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, first, um, North Carolina Central, they, 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 they seatbelt is strapped. They driving the truck right now. I don't see anybody moving them out. That fam, you, you ever watch them James Bond movies and there's an ejector seat? There's an ejector switch? <laughs> that, that ejector switch is close to fam. You know why? Because I saw some vulnerabilities. If they make match up against the wrong uh, West team, Swag West team, it's going to be a bad day. They, I, I, to me, the last couple of games were fam uncovered some vulnerabilities, and the Southern defensive line just manhandled. You know how you get on a flight, and they say if you are not intended to go to butt, please exit the plane. That's Alabama and M. If you're not intended to go to – please exit. You, I agree with BJ. Alabama and m you got to go. Uh, FAMU, that seat is suspect. Um, so I wouldn't just claim them uh, just yet in that seat. Uh, there could be a SWAC West team that poses a bad matchup. Uh, don't get me wrong. Southern is suspect in the quarterback. When, when you only try to pass 19 times and run the ball 35 times, that's that's a head scratcher. Hell, Jay and Tiffany were saying, "Why? They, I I think there's something wrong with Flood." They said it on the announcement. It was completely obvious. So as you get into the season, vulnerabilities are opened up. And to Ooh. me, Famu in that seat, they got a couple of vulnerabilities. Jeremy Musa is doing okay, but I don't know if he's what we thought they what he what we thought he would be. So. Uh, so some serious vulnerabilities. Hand on that ejector switch. You got the seat for now, but hand on the ejector seat for FAMU. And hey, who's at West Team, Mike? Huh? Who's at West P Team that you that, that you look at? PV. No, I think if all four messes around and do it, they can pose a bad matchup. Say PV. I say PV. I say PV I too. If they PV have all the elements. Them, if PV yeah. plays them like. We know PV can. I think PV is. The only thing about Swag West, it's it's the wild. It is what we said it would be, the wild, wild west. It shouldn't be no surprise. But if a team like PV or Alcorn State messes around and gets to that championship, they could pose a bad matchup scenario for FAMU because of those vulnerabilities that have been opened up. Mike, some call, it, some, call it chaos. Some, some call it chaos. I say this is good I'm football. just going to say the problem you got is it's, it, it looks like it's going to be in Tallahassee. It's going to be in Tallahassee. They different yeah. in Tallahassee. Yeah. yeah. It's, diff it's a different beast. The they different in Tallahassee. All those games went home and they were winning, but the problem is yep. the West is going to muck it up, so they're going to have two or three losses, so they're not going to host. With that, they're not going to host, yeah. Let me go to you, yeah. Charles, and get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I would say looking at the truck that those are the two teams that should be in the front seat. But I will say this, that there is such a thin line. I like the past two years. There's such a thin line between a 5-0 and team and a 1-14 and mm -hmm. uh, in the sweat. I mean, very thin line. Uh, so I take a look at these things right here. Uh, going forward, playoff football starts in the MEAC October 19th, the week of October 19th. Uh, we get into conference play. So yeah. I, I, that's 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 going to be fun football. Circle this day uh, when family comes out here to Houston and takes on Texas Southern. Circle, yeah. circle that. That that's yeah. that's going to be that's going to be a very interesting game to me uh, because 
I think a lot of uncertainty with Texas Southern around the quarterback position. That's that's settled now. Okay, so it's Jace Wilson going forward. And a lot of, to be very honest with you, Texas Southern has a bunch of playmakers uh, yep. on the offensive side of the ball. So that's going to be a very interesting game. Prairie View is a very interesting thing about Prairie View. They are an explosive team that has a tendency to shoot themselves in the foot. Yep. And if they can eliminate that part of themselves, that 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 part of their team, they can be a dangerous, dangerous football team coming to FAMU October 28th. But this is a, a football team that that actually uh, they are extremely explosive, but they have a tendency to take two steps forward, one step back, and that's one of the things that yeah. really drives Coach Bubba McDowell crazy about this team because he sees it. They're in, they're in they're in places to make plays, and they and they don't make them. And one of the things he pointed out to me, um, you you have a lot better athletes uh, in the SWAC over the past two three years. You're going to get a lot of man to man opportunities. And you gotta win those matchups. So that's that's just something to kind of keep keep an eye on going forward. And and especially other little nuance. Third and seven or more. Start looking at teams dropping eight because it's become a real, a real issue with a lot of quarterbacks, uh, both in the MIAC and in the SWAC. And that's from talking to quite a few coaches uh in both conferences. Dropping eight is like the new thing now. And you're mm-hmm. you're, you're making a quarterback. Uh, try to be active. Right. Oh, wow. Hey, hey Charles, keep in mind, FAMU has not lost a road game in the SWAC since joining. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Two neutral mm-hmm. site games, but never not a road game. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, they hadn't lost. Nope. <laughs> they hadn't lost since they got this point, for real. Not, right. not, not a whole ball way, just two neutral That's sites. Jackson. Right. <laughs> Jackson hey, State. Doc, real quick, I, I, I misspoke real fast with Howard. They <laughs> did beat Robert Morris as well. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, my bad. I was going to put that out there, but I figured. We can go beat Robert Morris right now, though. Exactly. <laughs> we ain't, Mar- ain't beating Robert Morris. My cleat's sitting right over there by the window. We can go beat Robert Morris right now. I'll coach, coach it up, y'all. y'all I ain't trying to get <laughs> Obviously, on Tuesday, we have HBC Weekly. On Wednesday, we have HBC Nightly. Uh, this evening we have Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. Obviously, we'll do our thing on Tuesday and Thursday, but some of the fascinating matchups to think about, one of those is Norfolk State going to Tennessee State for their homecoming this weekend. That should yep. be a fascinating yep. one. My understanding that the um, band is traveling down to the Legion, so that sets up for a great second matchup if that's the case. Um, obviously, we heard about some of the matchups, the band from FAMU not coming. Southern was the only band game they did go last year was to Tallahassee, so that may have been part of that. Throw that out there. And then to the same point with Mississippi Valley, they did not bring the band to Prairie View. So we got to get some of these bands to get out there and get going on, get some of these trips. We'll see what that looks like. But that was one that was interesting to me for the MIAC. Then you also had the fact, as you talked about Tennessee State, I mean Tennessee Tech going into South Carolina. Fascinated with that matchup. North Carolina Central got that win at the end of the season last year. That was a fascinating one to keep in mind in terms of what that looks like. And then you go into, obviously, the SWAT. You got some big matchups. A couple of people hinted at this in terms of Alabama A&M going to Grambling. What is that going to look like in terms of that homecoming matchup? Alabama State at Jackson State. Jackson State's homecoming matchup. And then you got the Pine Bluff and Valley game. Whoever wins this might get their loan 
uh, conference win of the season. So this is an important one from that perspective. Talking Valley? We talking Valley? We talking Valley? Five Bluff got a better chance of beating somebody later on in the season than Valley does. Valley's horrible. Yeah, you know they lost to Central State, who is horrible in the SIAC. That's all I'm gonna say. Valley looked way better than I thought they were gonna look. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday they did. They did look good. You notice I waited till the game was the game was over to say that. Valley's problem is is their depth. They play no matter who it is for a half. Yeah, they yep. can find a way to push that into the second half. They might get somebody, and we'll see if it's Pine Bluff in terms of this weekend. So I'd be a little more careful about that. Texas thing. Southern travels to Bethune Cookman, take the Florida trip. Uh, I might be on that ride, so I'll give you some insight. It is Bethune Cookman's homecoming, so it'll be fascinating to see another one of those West versus East matchups that the East has had uh, this year in terms of that number. That's fascinating. Prairie View A&M needs to get it done against Houston Christian. It is a way game, but uh, right there in Houston in terms of that matchup, non-conference to make it continue to get some wins for SWAC in the conference. So interesting when you see some of those games, some of the games to keep your eyes on in terms of what that looks like. So I'm fascinated to see uh, what goes on when you talk about that. Obviously, can Hampton bounce back as they go to Monmouth and then A&T as they continue to struggle? We'll see what they do against Delaware who was 2-0 in the Coastal, so that may not work well. And I wanted to bring a smile to Joshua's face, so that's why I mentioned it. With that being said, we'll close it up. Get your your Sunday back and get you ready for the week. Make sure you tune in to some of these key uh, shows throughout the week and get you into your HBCU football mix. With that final thing being said, I'd be remiss. Obviously, we did have the Morgan State Bears with Stony Brook Seawolves traveling to Morgan State, Baltimore. Uh, but we've heard by now that game was canceled and also prayers go out to Bowie State as we heard uh, tragic events have taken place there as well. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Fish, with two of the members of X's and O's crew, B.J. Jones, curator of the HBC Weekly, Joshua Sims, senior curator of HBCU Nightly, AD Drew and Brian doing the sports rap, as we said, thanking them and my two colleagues and partners getting it done. Mike Washington with the shades on uh, because of the long evening drinking his coffee. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike might be back into it, even though he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you thought this was coffee? My <laughs> <laughs> bad. Charles, Charls, you know, you know about that. <laughs> it is all right on our trips. Can't wait to Atlanta. We'll be there. We'll see who else will be there with us. Again, we want to thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show for listening to Dr. Bills Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. We look forward to next week as we discuss Stop the latest. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it, please. Oh, you and you Roy with Dio. that ridiculous, that ridiculous whatever. K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. It's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Drink it. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles. Horse. Mike. Lecture. AD, BJ, and Joshua. Dismissed. Dismissed. Yeah, we're going to have to get them to practice. Like. <laughs>